Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Denver is a singer and songwriter from central Queensland who has had a big 2023 and the year isn't over yet. She was the winner of the 2023 Gimpy Muster Talent Search. She's a 2023 Toyota Star Maker Grand Finalist and she has just been named the Groundwater Kickstart competition winner. She released an EP in 2020 and there have been other singles since. Her latest single is Due Without, so there is a whole lot to ask her about. Hello, Denver. Hello, how are you going? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. And yes, so much to talk to you about. And I can't believe you've everything you fit in this year, but I will start with the single, um, which is Do Without. What inspired it? Because it's quite a it's quite a heartbreaker, actually. Yeah, it's a sad one. Um, no, I wrote it at the start of this year. Um, and it was a week before I was going to Tamworth. Um, and you know, obviously I was very excited because like who doesn't love Tamworth? Um, you know, I was like packing all my stuff. Anyway, um, my partner of two years was just like, also, by the way, I don't want to be with you anymore. I was like, amazing. Timing could not have been better, but thanks for telling me. Um, so yeah, I kind of just like sat down and I was like, I don't want to write a song about it. Cause I was all like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need to write a song. Um, I wasn't fine. Plot twist. Um, and I was actually, I was babysitting my little sister and I was just kind of like sitting there and I don't know what happened, but like the first verse just like popped into my head and I was like, okay, so we're writing a song then. Um, so yeah, I kind of sat down and like wrote the rest of it, but yeah, it's basically just heartbroken me. <laughs> yeah. But it's also, I've got to say, considering how close to the events you wrote it, um, it does feel like you had some distance on it actually. Cause it's, it's a, quite a philosophical song in a lot of ways. It's, it sounds like it's, this is the song from someone who's actually had some time to think about it and, and, and is assessing what's going on as opposed to what sounds like a really in the moment response. Yeah. I think, I think for me, I wanted this one to like almost be kind of like a diary entry, just like mm-hmm. all the things I, um, you know, thought of like after the fact or all the things like I never got to say, um, that kind of deal. And I think for me, like, obviously everyone goes through heartbreak. Everyone goes through like some sort of crappy situation. Um, but I, I never want to like write a song where it's just like, you suck, screw you. I hope life's terrible for you. Um, so I didn't want to, as much as in the moment I was like, screw you. But like, yeah, I didn't want to like put that in a song because I know listening to it like six months later, I'd be like, whoa, girl, chill. Um, so yeah, I kind of just wanted to like still be nice. <laughs> yeah. Another one of your songs whose name escapes me at the moment um, is about you basically saying you're missing your ex's father. Like you had a great relationship with this person. <laughs> so like you obviously are really good at, at finding the good in these situations. Yeah, I tried to anyway because if I don't, I probably would just fall apart and every song I write is just like everything sucks. <laughs> but, again, I think even the fact that you thought in six months' time I'll listen to it and think, oh, no, that that wasn't a good idea. That's that's a, a, a sort of wisdom in itself, right, to be able to project and think future me is is going to say don't do this. Yeah, yeah. I, I think with those kind of emotions especially, they come and go. And, yeah, I, I never want to be that person that's just, like, so dramatic all the time. 
I suppose it is a bit exhausting, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand, some people might think, well, that's great material for songwriting. If I'm dramatic, then I can, you know, chart those waves and it's it's, it's good gristle. But it, you do strike me as a more philosophical songwriter and someone who's actually trying to work out how to live a good life and actually write songs that document that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so with your songwriting process, you mentioned that for this one it popped into your head and you, you said, okay, we're writing a song now. Is that usually what happens to you for songs? Um. Yeah, listen, I'm kind of weird when it comes to songwriting. It's never the same, but, you know, like sometimes I'll have dreams about songs and then I'll, like, write them the next day. Um, or yeah, I'll just be standing there like doing something like really mundane. Usually when like when I'm doing the dishes, I don't know what happens, but my brain is just like, let's write a song. It's really odd. Um, like I've done a couple of those before. Um, and like sometimes, you know, some songs will take me forever to write. And, you know, I think it's going to suck. Like it, I never, I never know how it's going to go. Um, but yeah, it's like very random. <laughs> Uh, a lot of songwriters talk about driving the car um, as being a place, you know, the car, when they're driving, that's when songs pop up. For you, it's obviously washing the dishes. That's your car equivalent. Yeah, that's my thing. I think because I'm not very good at driving, so, like, <laughs> I, I need to concentrate, like, 100%. I don't have time to be writing songs. <laughs> I'm also very impressed you can remember your dreams to write them down. Yeah, because I don't usually dream much, and then when I do, they're, like, it's like I'm gazing into the future. It's so weird, oh. so weird. <laughs> I have heard this before, actually. Some some other song. I mean, Paul McCartney would dream songs and um, and write yeah. them the next day. Um, but some, not many songwriters do have them in dreams. That I just think to have it that vivid and then be able to wake up and remember it. Do you keep something beside your bed to write things down? Uh, usually, I just like put them in my phone because. If I write at the same speed my brain is going, I'll come back five minutes later and be like, what is that? <laughs> um, so I just give writing a miss until, like, I can I actually have the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now moving on to your year of competitions, when you enter a competition like Groundwater Kickstart, do you enter with a song? And if that's the case, did you enter that competition with Do Without? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you just, like, put forward a song. Um, and yeah, the all the judges watch it, um, and then you get put in the top ten. Um, so yeah, I used do without because it was like the freshy. Um, I had like the brand new one. Um, and kind of just like take it for a trial run, I guess. Like, especially like when you write a new song, you're like, like let me know, please, if you hate it because it's gonna be really awkward if no one says anything, and then they go and release it, and everyone hates it. Um, so I'm very much like that person when I write a song. Like every person I play it to, I'm like, don't lie to me. Like if you absolutely despise it, tell me because I'm gonna be so mad if you like tell me after the fact. Um, but yeah, it kind of was just like a trial run. Um, to see if people liked it or not, and um. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. Well, uh, it seems they did because you won the whole competition. <laughs> so you must have felt like, hmm, okay, I think I'm safe to release this as a single now. Yeah, I felt um, a lot calmer about it. I was like, okay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> now that competition, I think it was about six weeks after you won the Gimpy Music Master Talent Search. So that must have been a, a, like a wild time winning competitions yeah. so close together. Yeah, I honestly didn't even know it was happening. And like, I still don't. Like, people ask me, oh, you know, like, what's it like? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, 
truly I you know obviously entering these things like it's such a blessing for you know up and comings to have that kind of opportunity especially to get to festivals like because that's kind of everyone's end goal and game um so like to the fact that you know we have that is crazy so I was kind of just excited just to go like I had never been to Gympie before so mm-hmm. I was like woohoo like I'm going to Gympie um and then yeah I'd never been to groundwater before so I was like this is like wild <laughs> <laughs> and at Gympie did you have to perform a certain number of times as part of that competition yeah so we all got like a semi-finals heat um and we were like split up uh, we were like wow split up in halves holy moly um and yeah you sang um two originals and a um sing a cover if you wanted or you could do three originals like whatever floated your boat I guess um and then from there they picked the top five and then um yeah and then we did like the grand final heat on the last day yeah so as I mentioned at the top you're also a Toyota Starbucker grand finalist this year now having seen that concert live that's an intense uh, experience to perform uh, in Bicentennial Park during the festival there's also a certain amount of stuff you have to do to show that you're at a certain point in your career in order to be eligible to be the star maker I'm wondering if that competition you think prepared you well for Gimpy and Groundwater absolutely no definitely like I think a lot of my opinions on most things were changed through Star Maker. Like I hated, I hated social media. Like I would actively tell people how much I hated it. And since Star Maker, I've learned that like you don't have to be a specific way for a social media platform. Like you just be yourself and then you just put it on whatever platform you're on. And like I definitely learned that through Star Maker and that's why I hated it so much because I was like, I'm being two different people and it's stressing me out. <laughs> um, but like doing the whole star making process and having to do all that kind of like, you know, social media side of things. Um, I basically was like, why am I trying to be someone else? I'll just be myself. So since star maker, I'm like, Oh, okay. Guys kidding. Like social media is not as bad as what I said. Like maybe I was a bit traumatic. Um, mm. So yeah, that especially has changed heaps and just like, cause I've never been good at like promoting myself and like all that kind of stuff. I'm just like a fade into the background kind of gal. Um, but since star maker as well, like because in my head, I was like, oh, it's cocky to, like, promote yourself. It's, like, such a, like, up yourself thing to do. I will never do it. Um, but since I'm, like, I'm like, oh, hang on. Wait. No, it's not. It's actually just, like, that's what you have to do. Um, so, yeah, those two, especially, like, mm-hmm. my whole, like, mind on it has just completely flipped, which I'm really grateful that it has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. Um to hear that and great also part of the value of that competition because a lot of people enter it and want to be in the grand final uh and it is an Australian cultural thing to not want to be too cocky and especially appear to be too cocky and I do think that can be self-defeating because of course people want to know about your music and I guess social media is also a way for you to connect with fans it's not just about self-promotion so have you found that now that you are getting more interaction with fans yeah I think too like I was very much you know this just has to be about music. I can't discuss anything else. Like um, I can't talk about anything else. And I kind of realized like 
you know, obviously I am a singer, but like I like other things and, you know, people aren't going to be like, ew, we don't care. Um, And I, since then, like I've found out that people actually like are interested, like it's <laughs> crazy to me. Um, So yeah, like I'll just do like random things like on my Instagram and stuff that, you know, kind of just like running jokes that I have with like my followers Um, that I never would have done without Star Maker because I was just very much like, it's not about singing. I can't talk about it. So yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, which song did you do or songs uh, did you take to Star Maker? I can't remember if it's one or two you need to have. Um, I did. Oh, what did I do? I did Typical and Do It Again. Okay. And um, obviously since then you have released some other songs because there have been, I think, about three singles this year. If I'm Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you've been involved in dance and musical theatre since you were f- about four, from what I've read. Do you think performing is just in your blood? I think so like I've always absolutely loved it and I've always loved the feeling of being on a stage whether it's like a massive one a tiny one like whatever just give me a stage I'll go on it um and like I've learned I don't know when I stopped dancing I kind of had the like wow okay what was the point of that um kind of mentality but then going into singing I was like oh wait no like I've learned so much about performing that I've through dancing that I've taken to singing um so in a in a weird form of events like I'm glad it all kind of happened um yeah and it definitely definitely wasn't a waste of time um but yeah I I think performing for me is just like where I'm happiest I guess mm-hmm. yeah did you stop dancing because you were over it or was it just you reached a certain age? Because I think with girls in particular, because I like I did ballet for a certain number of years and then got self-conscious. So I was like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, so for you, what was it? Uh, it was mostly like at the time I thought it was the end of the world. Um, but it was because the dance school that I went to, we, we used to travel around and do dance competitions. Um, we were like the Australian version of like Dance Mums. We had our little like groove and we would just like go around um and like when we first started doing it it was great like we were all having a great time um but then yeah I just remember mom coming to me and being like yeah I don't know if we're going to be able to afford to just like literally travel the country Mm. and I was like you know what that's absolutely fair enough but um because I was in that like competition group I couldn't really back out because yeah, I like kind of made a commitment. So I was like, oh, so it was very much like a money issue. And um, it, yeah, it just got like a lot. And like, I've always loved, loved dancing. And I still do, but I was never like, I see myself being a ballerina. Like everyone kind of was telling me that I was going to be a ballerina. And I was like, yep, okay. And then, yeah, I kind of just like thought of it. And I was like, I don't want to do ballet for the rest of my life. That's not, nope. I don't think I want that. Um, so I kind of was just like, maybe, maybe this is like a sign to just like stop. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was kind of freaking out because that's all I'd ever done. Um, and so when I stopped, I was like, oh, I need to do something with my life. And so, yeah, that's kind of how singing mm-hmm. came to be. But yeah, it was just kind of like money and if I really thought about it, I was like, hang on, do I want to actually be doing this for the rest of my life? I don't think so. 
And it would be hugely expensive to travel around Australia. Like it's, yeah, logistically as well, very difficult. So completely understandable call on your parents' part. But uh, so you went into singing. Did you also pick up a guitar at that time or did that come later? Uh, it kind of came later. Like I I never knew how to play like any sort of instrument and um, my dad plays guitar. So whenever I'd do a gig, he would just come along. Bless him. Love dad. Um, and then I again ran like train of events but anyway um this kid on my school bus had a ukulele one day I was like oh that actually be like really cute to learn but I was um always too shy to ask him so I just like never said anything and then one day he kind of looked at me and was like oh do you want to drop me to teach you I was like okay I think he could read my mind um and then yeah he like taught me a couple of things and then yeah I used to come home all the time um like after school and like talk to mom about his kid with this ukulele and he taught me this and he taught me that. Oh, I wish I could show you. I don't have a ukulele, but blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so yeah, that year she bought me a ukulele for my birthday. And so that was like my baby for ages. I'd play that for about two years and then I was going to Tamworth that year and I still didn't know how to play guitar. And my mom was like, um, maybe you should learn guitar considering like you're going to a country music festival. I was like, that. It's a really good point. Um, and because I had learnt ukulele first and then gone to guitar, it was a lot easier. It was just like a an adjustment really rather than like learning a whole new instrument. So I going from uke to guitar, I, I didn't like – I mean, I'm not the greatest guitarist in the world, absolutely not, um, but I didn't struggle too much initially because of the uke. So – Again, I'm glad I learned you first. Otherwise, yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, when you first learn, you know, you want to chuck it out the window. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, I just let me four chords and then off I went. <laughs> and do you still play the uke? Yes, I'll whip it out sometimes. Um, and every I bring it everywhere I go and I've um, every time, like, I meet someone that I fangirl over, I get them to sign it. So oh. I'm making a little collection, Yeah. Nice. Uh, so does the uke go to Tamworth with you? Or was that from that year? Was it just like, no, I'm just taking the guitar? No, the uke went. I actually don't go anywhere without it. It's really weird. I have like a weird attachment to it. <laughs> she said it's like it was your baby for a while. So yeah. yeah. It's like a little mascot now. Yeah. <laughs> so from that point when you, you know, you're playing uke, you're playing guitar, when did you start writing songs? That's a great question. Um, they kind of, because it all just like kind of snowballed into one. Like I I kind of just all see it as like one big event. Um, but I think like I used to have a crack at writing songs when I was like 13, but they were horrendous, absolutely horrendous. Um, but I think like seriously actually sitting down and like giving it a good go. I think I was like 15, 16 and then it took me like a little bit like probably like a year for them to actually be half decent um because yeah they were pretty bad but that's okay we gotta start somewhere (laughs) (laughs) does it feel because you you strike me as someone who's an open-hearted songwriter like you are offering a piece of yourself when you started to release songs or even started to perform your own songs did it feel like you were offering a piece of you to people and that that it was like, oh, now it's walking around out there and I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, it, it is a bit weird, but I think like I'm, I watch a lot of, um weird, but I watch a lot of like 
um, other artists like interviews and like them on talk shows and like just talking about like their music and I'm a, I'm a massive humongous fan of Ed Sheeran like I literally could talk about him all day I'm like derail this interview and start talking about him um, but I've watched like so like video after video of him and like he always would say like when you write a song it's very much yours and then as soon as you release it it's not yours anymore mm-hmm. so which I was like oh yeah cool I didn't really get it because I hadn't released anything but I was like Ed Sheeran said it so it must be true um so when I did release it I did very much feel that I was like oh that's so true like it's very much yours and then you release and it's like not really yours anymore Mm -hmm. um and and I do feel that with like all of my songs which I think is good because if I got like too attached Mm -hmm. it Then it would also be quite weird if someone came up to you at a gig and told you what that song had meant to them or yeah. how to change their life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, last year you were named as one of the Courier Mail's most influential 30 under 30. Um, you can't always decide what sort of influence you have on others, but if you could, what sort of influence would you like to have? Ooh, asking the deep questions. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, to to like just fully be yourself and I know that's very like mundane advice like everyone's like be yourself but like truly though like just truly you do you um and to be humble I think that's like my biggest what I like to do anyway um because I always have the you know whatever field you're in if you're not a nice person it really doesn't matter if you're like good Mm -hmm. at it or not um you know, like I could be the best singer in the world, but if I'm a horrendous person, like no one's going to want to work with me. So I just feel like whatever field you're in, if you'll work hard at it, you're humble about it and you're just really kind, then you're going to, whatever you're doing, you're going to do well. (laughs) (laughs) But it must've been great to be on that list because it's, it's possibly unexpected because who knows how they're assembling that. And there are a lot of people in the state of Queensland. Yeah, it was, I was shocked. And also, my brother was on that list as well. For oh, wow. so it was like really weird. It was just like a family event. I was like, hey. <laughs> uh, well, I had no idea. There you go. So what did, What was your brother on it for? Um, he's a business owner. So okay. he like, he basically is like, like a fixer upper. It's really weird. Like he'll, he'll run a business for a bit, fix it up and then he'll leave and then he'll find something else and then he'll fix it up and then he'll leave. Yeah, that's kind of like his personality trait if you will um but yeah he got on there for that I was like nice going <laughs> your parents must have been extremely proud <laughs> we were all um we were like what what is happening yeah it was, weird. <laughs> it was a weird morning <laughs> yeah it's but in a great way obviously now yeah. I also understand that you are a you are a cake baker and decorator but I know enough about these things to know that those two things don't always go together. Cake decoration is a separate art to cake baking. And sometimes cake decoration doesn't take place on actual cakes. It's on like styrofoam blocks or whatever. So um, when did your um, baking and decorating lives start? Um, Mine, yeah, I grew a weird love for decorating cakes during high school because during home ec, if we like we're finished for the term and we didn't have any work to do or we were like just finished early we would watch cake boss and like I came became obsessed with that show like everything about it and just to like watch him make the absolutely 
ridiculous cakes that he makes. I was just like fascinated. Um, and even like it's so funny, like because he makes such wacky do cakes, but like I look at the cakes like in the like at the front of the shop and I'm like, they're even like absolutely stunning and like pieces of art. And I just thought it was really cool to like do something like that. Um, so I just gave it a crack. And like I yeah, when I first started, I was pretty crook. Um but she tried um but I've gotten like a tiny bit better but I've kind of just become like the cake friend so like when there's a birthday that comes up like my gift to them is a cake and like they get to choose like what kind of decorations they want all that jazz but yeah I've become the cake friend have you considered entering in anything in the ecker for cake decoration or baking I'm not I'm not that good like I it's so humbling to like go to like shows and like showcases and stuff like that. Cause like in my head, I'll make a cake and I'll be like, yeah, it's not too bad. And then like I'll go to a showcase and I'll be like, oh, I'm so bad at this. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like the cakes I have seen, holy moly, literally just like pieces of art. Like it's incredible how that's even cake. So I think, I think I'll just like stick to my own kitchen and my friends can see them and that's probably it. <laughs> I have a feeling that those cakes are not as bad in comparison as you think they are, but um, <laughs> I'll take the word for it. Now, you have a concert in Yapoon coming up on the 3rd of December. Do you have Tamworth plans? Yes. Um, I'm not going for the whole time, sad, but um, I'm still going down because I love Tamworth. Like, I, I honestly think it's my not playing favourites or anything here, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Tamworth is my favourite. Um. It's just like it's such a nice atmosphere and it's just like a massive family reunion and you see like everyone, like everyone you'd, you'd want to run into or you haven't even met before, like that everyone's just willing to like have a chat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I just love that kind of like you walk this place and someone's playing and then you walk like, you know, 10 metres, someone else is playing. Like it's just it's so cool. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing a couple of shows in Tamworth, which I'm excited about. But, yeah, mostly just to hang I think it is you know it is the one festival you said everyone's there so I think for most artists it would be the favorite for that reason it's it's the one time of the year you can all see each other yeah it's it's very cool I love Tamworth (laughs) (laughs) well anyone who's getting on to Tamworth can see you and no doubt you will be performing do without in those shows and um you may go and watch the Star Maker Grand Final this time (laughs) yes oh that'll be so cool I wish I could sneak backstage and be like, guys, enjoy this, guys. Give it a try. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) But, Deborah, it's been such a treat to talk to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.